So the title of the message this morning is Fasting for Breakthrough. Would you please say that with me? Fasting for Breakthrough. I felt that it was essential that we prepare our hearts in line with what is taking place in the week ahead. Because we are, for those of you that are listening to this broadcast, we are launching into a time of fasting this week. I believe it promises to be significant. I believe when we say to God, God, we're going to fast and seek your face, that God responds because he sees a seriousness within us. When you are willing to deny yourself food for a couple of days, that is an indication of being serious in your pursuit of God. And so we are trusting God for breakthrough in certain areas in this time of fasting. And I felt it would be right that we first just establish once again and remind ourselves of the biblical basis and the mandate in terms of fasting that exists for fasting. Because uh, we hear different things uh, said by friends and people on the television and so on about fasting. But let's just reestablish, why would you want to fast? Uh, sometimes I've struggled because why do they call it fast when it takes so long? I just don't understand. No, that's a joke. But in terms of fasting, we operate from a biblical basis. What God says goes, and that's what we go with. Amen? And so we need to look at that. So let's take a look at a passage of Scripture found in the Sermon on the Mount. And this deals with the issue of fasting. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16 to 18, reading from the New King James Version. And here it says, this is Jesus speaking. When it is the red letter edition, when Jesus' words are directly there, I take extra special note of that. And it says in verse 16 of Matthew 6, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Let's just pause there for a moment because it appeared that in the culture of the day, coming out of the, the, the books of the law, there was no doubt a lot of fasting that would have taken place in the land of Israel. But it seemed as though people have gotten off onto the wrong track because if they fasted, they wanted to make a scene about it. They wanted to disfigure their faces and look like they're having such a terrible time. And basically they're saying, can you see how spiritual I am? I'm fasting, man. Whoa, I'm a hardcore seeker after God. And by the way, did I mention I'm fasting, you know? I'm fasting, you know? And so there was this thing, and disfigure your face, and I don't know, hair disheveled, look miserable, forget about mouthwash, I don't know if they had that in those days. But yeah, they were trying to attract attention, and, and Jesus saw this, and he said, this is not the right spirit, this is not the right spot, heart. And then he says in verse 17, he says, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. 
I love what God is doing right here because he is correcting a complete imbalance. And he says, you guys are trying to impress everybody around about you, but a real relationship with God is not about impressing others. And when you fast, you fast towards your heart. Your heart is towards the Father in the secret place. And even if just he sees you, that is okay. And he looks down upon you as you're seeking him in prayer and fasting. And so I want to remind you, this is Jesus teaching about prayer and fasting. Four points that I'd like to share with you. Number one, Jesus indicated that fasting was a normal part of the Christian life. Would you please say that with me? Jesus indicated that fasting was a normal part of the Christian life. So in the passage of Matthew 6 that we're busy with today, we see that Jesus is teaching about a couple of things. He is teaching firstly about giving. He is also teaching about praying. And then he is also teaching about fasting. For instance, in verse 2, it says, when you give. It says in verse 5 of Matthew 6, when you pray. But then it also says in verse 16, when you fast. Say those three words with me. When you fast. Okay. So Jesus did see this as a normal part of the Christian life. And so here Jesus is teaching on three different topics, giving, praying, fasting, as if this is quite normal to be part of the Christian life. Now, I'm guessing that for most of us here, we would have given attention to things like giving, we would have given attention to things like praying, but I'm pretty sure that not much attention has generally been given to people under the sound of my voice in the area of fasting. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if, if you fast and if you're big on fasting and so on. Uh, I think it goes without saying that many people struggle in this area. But it was just one of the three things that Jesus was talking about. And so maybe you are also thinking about this and thinking, yeah, true, praying, yes, giving, yes, fasting once in a blue moon. My goodness. And so Jesus said, he said, when you fast, he did not say if you fast. So Jesus didn't call into question the validity of fasting. He simply told his followers, this is the right heart and spirit in which you do it. You do it with a focus on the Father. You do it with a focus on the Son and on the Spirit. You do not do it with a focus on people around about you. And so he was bringing a very important shift in terms of fasting. And Jesus, not only in this passage did he endorse fasting, but in his life, he actually demonstrated fasting because, don't forget, Jesus undertook a 40-day fast. Now, I want to ask, is there anyone here, and you've got to tell the truth and shame the devil, that you have honestly undertaken a 40-day fast. Would you raise your hand? Okay. Give them a hand. Well done, well done, well done. That's amazing. You can have two cups of coffee after the service. <laughs> Remarkable. Jesus undertook a 40-day fast. In Matthew 4, verse 1 to 2, it says, 
Then Jesus was led up, notice, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had, please say that next word, when he had, say it a bit louder. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. I'd like to submit to you that that could possibly be the biggest understatement in all of Scripture. He was hungry. Some of the big oaks in the church, you know, the rugby player type guys, you like four hours and you starved, you scroll, you just want to like load up with food. And so uh, Jesus was certainly hungry. By the way, if you are tempted to cheat when you are fasting and you think of that little tinky that you've got in the cupboard, <laughs> which by the way is a kiss of, of cream with a hug of sponge. Just remember what Jesus went through when he fasted. <laughs> Let that be an encouragement to you. And so Jesus willingly followed the leading of the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. While Jesus was there, he purposed that he would not eat anything, and that was a fast. Now, the definition of fast is the following. Uh, Biblical fasting is abstaining from food for a period of time for spiritual purposes. There is a spiritual purpose that we're after when we fast. I want to make it clear, fasting is not Christian dieting. Sometimes I wonder people, they seem to guts themselves over December and, uh, and the steaks are flying off the barbie like second to none. And then they tell you that they're going to be fasting in January. And sometimes personally I wonder, are they just trying to get the hot bod back or something like that? Or are they genuinely wanting to fast? Okay, I'll just leave it at there. But I believe that we need to realize that it's not Christian dieting. You may well lose weight when you fast, but that is not the aim. And also fasting should be combined with prayer. It should be combined with spending time in the Lord's presence, waiting on the Lord. It should also be combined with the reading of the Word. And I just want to mention just some practical advice. Uh, some people with a serious medical condition, you may actually need to consult with a doctor before you go on a fast because of something that you might be facing. Point number two, let's look at three types of fasts. Now, there are several varieties of fasts that we find in Scripture, but the main ones that we have come to know nowadays are the following. Number one, Daniel fast. Would you please say that? A Daniel fast is where you would consume liquids like water, black herbal tea, fruit juice, uh, vegetables as well, and fruit. And uh, I see some of these guys posting on Facebook that chocolate is actually a vegetable, but it ain't. Okay. So don't try to stretch that one. Now, in terms of a Daniel fast, if you're new to fasting, this might be one of the best fasts that you should uh, undertake because it's, it's something that's uh, less intense. Another type of fast is full fast. Please say that. This is where you consume liquids only, mainly water, some black herbal tea, uh, occasional clear soup or broth. Uh, this is because some people who might be fasting, let's say a 21-day fast or a 40-day fast, 
At some points in time, you actually need to just get a little bit of clear soup or broth because you become so weak, you can't even function properly, and that's okay to do that. And then the third one is a partial fast. Please say that. This is where you uh, would fast for part of the day. Maybe you would fast from sunrise to sunset. You wouldn't be eating anything there. Or you might leave out certain food. Maybe you're going to leave out dairy, you're going to leave out wheat, you're going to leave out meat, things like that. So these are a couple of ways in which you could fast. And you may be interested to know that there are undoubtedly certain health benefits to fasting. It is uh, recorded in many stories and examples. Lots of people have testified that certain ailments have cleared up as a result just simply of fasting. Things like lower blood pressure, improvement in rheumatism, allergies clearing up, decreased tension, etc. So those are three types of fasts. Uh, the third point I'd like to go on to, which is very important, is number three, the purpose of fasting. Please say that with me, the purpose of fasting. There's a statement on your screen and it says this, fasting is a wonderful way of opening the door to a deeper, more powerful relationship with God. I think there's a lot of truth in that statement. We know there's a pastor by the name of Jensen Franklin in America. He has um, uh, written books on fasting and has been an example in many churches, too many churches and pastors. This is what he writes about fasting. He says, when you eliminate food from your diet for a number of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and amazingly sensitive to the things of God. I believe that's true. <coughs> now, I'd like to give you uh, from Derek Prince, a wonderful teacher of the Word of God, eight important reasons for fasting. And I'm going to go through these quite quickly. Number one, to humble ourselves. David said in the scriptures, he said, I humbled myself through fasting. And so fasting is a biblical way of humbling ourselves. Number two, to come closer to God is another reason for fasting. The Bible says in James 4 verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Number three, to have a deeper understanding of God's word. In terms of fasting, when you are seeking God, he can reveal things to you. He might reveal to you something that you're struggling with, and he gives you a solution to that challenge in your company. He might give you a scripture that pops up in your spirit, and, and suddenly you understand it. You've never really had revelation on that, but now you understand, ah, this is what God is talking about. Number four, to find God's will and direction. Ezra 8.21 says, I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before God. Now listen to this. To seek from Him the right way for us. So here the people of God, they're not sure what to do. And so they fast and they pray to get the direction. God, is this the way we should go? Maybe in your life. Lord, is this the person that you've got in mind for me to marry? God, is this the business partnership that I should enter into? Should I accept this uh, opportunity to go and Work in that nation. Fasting can help you 
to seek uh, God's will and direction. Number five, to seek healing. There's a scripture in uh, Isaiah 58 verse 8. It says, your healing shall spring forth speedily. But the context of what is going on there is fasting. And so that tells us that fasting can be used to seek breakthrough in the area of healing. Number six, to see deliverance. Jesus made it very clear. He said some demonic strongholds will only be broken through prayer and fasting. Why did God need to say that? I don't even fully understand it myself. But if he said it, we must realize that some demonic strongholds are going to be busted up as we seek God in prayer and fasting. Number seven, to experience breakthrough, especially in crisis. There's a story in the Old Testament of Jehoshaphat and the people that were facing unbelievable odds. And they were basically going to be slaughtered by the enemy. But they sought the Lord. They sought the Lord God through fasting. And the result is a well-known story where the enemy was absolutely defeated and destroyed. And the, the people of God didn't even have to use a single weapon. The people were self-slaughtered because God's people came before the Lord. And they sought the Lord's help to experience breakthrough, especially in a crisis. And then number eight, number eight, to intercede for others, especially in the area of salvation. Derek Prince writes that many people who have seen loved ones not breaking through into a relationship with God as the believers in that family have prayed and interceded and fasted, that there have been many testimonies of people coming to the Lord through that. There may be some people right now that you feel, well, that's one thing I'm going to be trusting for also. But in terms of our fasting in the next uh, three days coming up, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we are fasting with a particular focus, and we are saying, God, we are trusting you for breakthrough in these areas. It's on your screen. Three days of fasting and prayer, and this is for personal renewal and spiritual breakthrough. That's in our individual lives. And then renewal and revival in our church and churches in our city. I want to tell you we need the Spirit of God in a greater way. I desire the Spirit of God in a greater way. And we mustn't be complacent with where we're at. We have to keep on pushing forward. Because if you think that this is all we need to experience, I want to say to you there's more in the rich river of God. And by the Spirit of God, there's more. Get hungry, people of God. Get hungry for the things of the Spirit of God. And so we're praying into that area of revival. And also into the area of healing, restoration, and renewal in South Africa. God, we believe you're going to hear our prayers regarding that. Point number four, it's a brief one. God will reward us as we seek him through fasting. Would you please say the word reward? reward. The scripture says, Matthew 6, verse 17 to 18. But you, when you fast... Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I like that. Sometimes we're very spiritual. We say, I, I don't want any rewards, Lord. No, no. Let's just be honest. We'd all love the rewards that God wants to give us. If he wants to give you rewards and blessings, I'm in the queue saying yes. Can I see a hand if you agree? God's watching, eh? Check those hands. Okay. Fantastic. 
And so God will reward you openly. So this is a very clear promise. It says God will reward you openly. Conversely, if we don't fast, we could be missing out on some rewards. And that would be because we're not meeting the condition. But praise the Lord, we're going to be meeting the condition as we fast and pray. So I want to say to you, child of God, expect rewards from your heavenly Father. He is the rewarder. It says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And you might say, John, well, how is God going to reward you, me? And I want to say, I don't know exactly how he's going to reward you. But he knows the deepest desires of your heart. And he knows to give you those deepest desires. And I believe that God loves to reward you in line with what's really deep in your heart. And so I want to say, be encouraged, child of God, as we're going into this time of prayer and fasting. And in conclusion, I want to say this. Let's expect breakthrough as we seek the Lord in prayer and in fasting. Can I get an amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Now, folks, we're going to move into communion right now. So the communion team, you are welcome to begin to leave and prepare to serve the elements. As the elements are served, there's a song, God of Calvary, by Chris Tomlin that we'll play. So this table of communion is open to everybody who knows and loves Jesus. People that are listening to this, you can also participate if Jesus is the Lord of your life. Why not get a hold of a cracker or a piece of bread, some fruit juice, and you can partake in communion as well. For those here that have never given their lives to Jesus, you should just pass the communion on to the next person. But it is for everyone who has accepted Christ. So communion will now be served, and let the words on the screen prepare your heart. Please hold on to the bread, hold on to the cup. Once we've all been served, we will partake together. God bless.